The University of Georgia Griffin Campus invites you to join us for news and information about the many and varied programs and activities at the UGA Griffin Campus. Information about gardening, the agriculture programs, and your UGA degree at the University of Georgia Griffin Campus. Your UGA degree is closer than you think. This program is made possible by Frank and Karen Harris of Round Oak Resources Tree Farm and Murray and Company Realtors. Listen each Thursday at 9 o'clock a.m. for the UGA Griffin Campus News. This program is produced by WKU AM 1450 and 102.3 FM and The Rock 88.9 FM and streamed live on our website, wkuradio.com. Join us now with our guests from the UGA Griffin Campus. University of Georgia Griffin Campus invites you to join us for news and information about the many and varied programs and activities at the UGA Griffin Campus. Information about gardening, the agriculture programs, and your UGA degree at the University of Georgia Griffin Campus. Your UGA degree is closer than you think. This program is made possible by Frank and Karen Harris of Round Oak Resources Tree Farm and Murray and Company Realtors. Listen each Thursday at 9 o'clock a.m. for the UGA Griffin Campus News. This program is produced by WKU AM 1450 and 102.3 FM and The Rock 88.9 FM and streamed live on our website, wkuradio.com. Join us now with our guests from the UGA Griffin Campus. Good morning and welcome to this week's installment of the University of Georgia Griffin Campus News. Today we are filled with guests in the studio and we are going to discuss the Franklin College of Arts and Sciences Interdisciplinary Studies degree with a concentration in psychology. And we are joined by the program director for the Franklin College of Arts and Sciences on the UGA Griffin Campus, that being Faye Chapman. Also joining us is the lead recruiter for the campus, that being Madeline Walsh. And as an alumna of the program, Abby Grubbs has consented to be back with us today. Uh, when we're going to get introductions from everybody at this time. Ms. Faye, if you will start, you know, just remind people a little bit about yourself and, and with really a focus on your career at, with the University of Georgia at your previous locations and then upon your arrival here in Griffin. I went to UGA to get my graduate degree and just couldn't leave. So I wound up working on the Athens campus for about 20 years in a number of different positions, uh, academic advising in the Franklin College. Uh, the English department, evening classes, university studies, um, had a number of different roles. Then I had a chance to go to the UGA Gwinnett campus as a program coordinator for the degree programs there. And then when um, Georgia Gwinnett College came online, uh, UGA's undergraduate programs left. And so I came to Griffin, where I've been since July of 07. And it's been a real treat to be there and get to work with students like Abby Grubbs, who's sitting next to me. Okay. Now, before we get to Abby, let's, let's ask you this. What, has, what are, have been some of the biggest changes with the Franklin College of Arts and Sciences on the Griffin campus from the day that you started to the present time? The biggest one was that in 2013, we added the interdisciplinary studies degree that we're going to talk about today. Yep, that's definitely the biggest. And, and how has, I mean, what has that impact been? Has it brought in more students or, or is this, you know, just an expansion of, of things that were already in place? You know, what has the, the, the net effect been? It has brought in more students. And I, to be honest, I think it's been a big benefit to our science majors as well because a lot of them want to go into healthcare and the healthcare industry, uh, med schools, PA schools, all that stuff, have figured out that it's really helpful for their students to have a strong background in psychology. So those students now have the opportunity to take upper division courses in psychology that they otherwise probably wouldn't have been able to take. Well, before we move on, is it fair to say that the, the students who are studying IDS are primarily doing so with an eye towards graduate school or furthering their education, or is this the end of the line for many of them? For some, it probably is uh, because there are things they can move into and do, but uh, a number have gone on to graduate degrees, particularly in social work. Um, 
Some are looking at law school. Those are probably the two most common ones, to be honest. Well, given that she is being lodged in the middle of the, the triumvirate on the other side of the console, let's now introduce Abby Grubbs, an alumna of the IDS program. Abby, tell us a little bit about yourself. Remind our listeners a little bit about yourself and, and you know what your matriculation process was like at UGA Griffin and then what you did with your degree once you completed it. Well, hey there. I am one of those social workers that Miss Faye said a number of students went on to get social work degrees. I started off at Gordon College and I got my associates in psychology there and I really wanted to find a graduate de uh, uh, undergraduate degree in psychology but Gordon didn't offer that at the time and I was looking all over the place I remember touring Clayton State University but um, we kind of stumbled on the Griffin campus and it turned out that the IDS program was just right for me and then I moved on to graduate school after graduation into the School of Social Work. And in 2019, I graduated with my social work degree, and I got licensed, and now I'm a therapist. And where do you currently work? I do both virtual and in-person uh, sessions, but I primarily see folks in Kennesaw. So you're the... What types of social work do you do? I mean, that, that's a, a wide-ranging field. Most people think it's just families and the Department of Family and Children's Services, but it really covers a wide array. Oh, it's huge, yes. Um, just my own personal experience. You know, I've been working in the school systems, then I worked in hospice. And so just as far as age goes, I have experience from all across the lifespan. Um, and then... Um, right now, I work a lot with couples, couples counselor, and I also work with individuals struggling with anxiety, depression, life transitions, things like that. And you at one time worked here locally at Brightmore, correct? I did. I actually just stepped away at the end of this year this past year and you know what was that experience like because you were working with the hospice side and you know that that is end of life type things which has to be a very difficult field you know what were some of the challenges and how did your UGA IDS degree prepare you to meet those absolutely it was a very unusual kind of job to go into um Almost, takes tab a almost taboo in a way to well, talk it takes, about death and dying. Well, it takes a really thick skin because you're seeing people at the worst of their times, mm -hmm. and not just the, the patient, but for the families as well. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, the, the uh, areas that the IDS program really helped me out, primarily it was a lot of work with Dr. Perry Buffington with psychopharmacology because it's really good to have an understanding of the medications that my patients are taking and how they might interact with each other. Um, another way that it really helped out was taking the cultural and diversity courses through the sociology aspect of the program, and well, it really helped prepare me for Well, I don't want to leave Madeline out of the proceedings, but do remind me, there's a question about pharmacology that I have for you that I, I want to bring up a little bit later in the program. I'll try to answer. So <laughs> I, I'll, I'll try to make myself a note. Now, appearing on the program for, I think, just the second time is the new recruiter on the UGA Griffin campus, Madeline Walsh. Madeline, tell people about yourself and how you have progressed in your role over the few months you've been on the Griffin campus. Um, so I'm Madeline. Um, I'm relatively new to the campus. I've been here about seven months now. Um, I came here from Hofstra University in New York where I got my bachelor's in public relations, um, but I realized I didn't like public relations that much. Um, I had worked in admissions there for four years, so I came down here um, to follow that and pursue that. Um, and so I've been here for seven months. I've really enjoyed it. Everyone has been lovely. I've really gotten a taste of Southern hospitality. Um, and it's been... Uh, transition it's definitely different going from you know working in an admissions department that was serving you know a 6,000 undergraduate population to something like UGA Griffin but the adjustment has been nice it's been welcome um, it allows me to be a little bit more personal with my students now what types of influence do you try to place on students when recruiting say as to the Griffin campus as opposed to Athens or Tifton or any of the other satellite campuses UGA has you know what's the challenge in that for you well my goal is never to influence a student I want to give them all the information that they have available and from that point let them make the decision on their own um, 
we cannot compare to Athens, we cannot compare to Tipton, we cannot compare to any other school in the state of Georgia because we're the UGA Griffin campus and we are one of the most unique schools probably in the entire world. Um, but that can be perfect for certain students um, like Abby, like our students that are on campus now and they can really thrive there but the only way that they can know that we exist and that we thrive is if we get that information out and that's the big challenge is that so many people could find a lot of happiness at Griffin, but they just don't see it as an option because they don't even know we exist. Well, coming from Hofstra to UGA Griffin, I mean, as you say, that that's a tremendous jump. Yes. So, you know, how do you learn about the features of the UGA Griffin campus? Do you conduct de facto exit interviews with students who, you know, came to the campus before your arrival just to get their thoughts? Or do you talk to program coordinators or is a, a collective effort among everyone on the campus to kind of guide you along and how to best promote the university? Um, I, I really do think that the best way to get to know a place is to talk to the people that are a part of it. Well, you're totally immersed in the South now. I can tell you that. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, it's been great to get to know everyone and get to talk about their experiences on the campus. Um, not only what they love about the campus, but also how they think we can improve because I think that wanting improvement is one of the ways that you show how much you love a place. Um, one of the big things that I do that is super nerdy is I get a lot of data and research from county offices and stuff like that, but I found that when I looked at county offices, Department of Education, all that data, and I turn to the people around me. The people around me were a better source than any government data set that I could find. And typically that is the case. People over numbers. Yes. Well, uh, Faye, let's get back to the ground floor. If you could explain for our listeners just what the interdisciplinary studies degree is, what it requires, and you know, just how does it differ from, say, a standard sociology or psychology degree? Okay. Our degree is a Bachelor of Arts degree. It's a liberal arts degree. Um, students, because they're in the Franklin College of Arts and Sciences, all of their degrees are liberal arts degrees. Even if you're getting a microbiology degree, it's still a liberal arts degree in the sense that you take courses broadly across a number of disciplines. So our students have to take at least three semesters of a foreign language. They have to take a, at least one literature course, at least one history course. They have to have some social sciences. They have to take at least two courses from fine arts, philosophy, and religion. And even if you're an interdisciplinary studies major, you have to take some biological science and physical science and some math. And I was an English major in college, and I know that I often resented having to take uh, math and science. But looking back, I'm really glad that that was required. And the opposite is true for the science majors. They don't do just science. They have to take those humanities courses and the lit courses and all of that. And sometimes they complain about that. But I think a lot of times later they look back on it and realize, you know, I'm really glad I had to take those things. It's, it's valuable. So to your question about the interdisciplinary studies degree specifically, um, in many ways that degree does, a, it's very much like, the BS in Psych, and the AB in Sociology on the Athens campus. It's just packaged a bit differently. Um, our Psych concentration students have to take at least seven upper division psychology courses, and they have to take research design, they have to take research analysis, um, and then they have to take at least one course that's in more the physiological, biological, uh, that side of psychology, and then at least one course on the social developmental personality side of psychology that is identical to what they have to do in Athens um, so it's not really much different from the degree in in Athens um, and I think sometimes it confuses people because they're assuming that they're getting a BS psych degree um, they're not. The main difference is that our students also have to do major electives. And when we say BS, we're referring to Bachelor, Bachelor of Science. Science and not yes. the other. Okay. Yes, exactly. So, so we're clear. Yes. Um, so the students in the psychology concentration have to take at least four major electives in another social science discipline. And on our campus, that's sociology because that's what we offer. And the cool thing about that is that psychology and sociology complement each other quite nicely. I think Abby can probably attest to that. So, for instance, 
even if you're in the psychology concentration, you might take a course in, gosh, I'm trying to think, like a seminar in race and culture, or you might take a course in criminology. Mm -hmm. uh, you might take a course in sociology of law. So the, the two things complement each other quite nicely. That seems like a fun class, the sociology and law. That, that seems mm -hmm. kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. And right now we have a professor who's teaching some stuff we've never had taught before until he came. Uh, one is, uh, I think, protest and social movements. and another Dr. One, Peach. Yeah, is uh, political sociology. And then this semester he's teaching a course for the first time, uh, and I'm not going to remember the name of it. Um, <laughs> I think it's something like uh, inequality and global change or something like that so it's kind of looking at things across the globe but that i think plays in well for somebody like abby in her career as a social worker because you deal with such diverse populations and this gives you some foundational knowledge of all of that is there a double dog that a student can obtain along with the IDS? I mean, I know that's an increasingly popular thing for, for students to leave with multiple degrees from the Griffin campus where you can do much of your studies at the same time. Yes. You know, so are there some double dogs or at least one that, that are associated with the program? At present, we do have one uh, with the School of Social Work. It is not an MSW. It is not a Master's in Social Work. It is a Master of Arts degree. And it is in nonprofit leadership and management. So it prepares students if they are interested in working in a nonprofit or maybe starting their own, because you know you might look around in your community and see a need, um, maybe related to you know domestic violence or poverty or the school system or children uh, needing an outlet, you know, in the in the arts or to do things that are let them be physically active. Um, so the students have the opportunity through that double dog to start that Master of Arts program their junior or senior year, and then after they get their bachelor's degree, they'll only have another year to go, and they'll have a, also a master's degree from UGA, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, now, now Madeline, is, do, we, do you use this information that, that Faye just threw out there about you know, the double dog and how you can really set yourself up for graduate school or for a career through the IDS program? Do you use that as a selling point once you find out a student may be interested in pursuing this field? Absolutely. I think one of the big issues for a lot of students as they come in is that there's a pretty hefty price tag attached to higher education. However, the return you get on your investment increases the more you invest in your education. And so being able to see something like the double dog where you can basically double the reward that you're going to get once you get through all of that education, but you're going to save money while you do it, that's really attractive to a lot of students and really important for them to consider. Abby, you, you seem like you have a point that you might want to add to that. Oh, uh, I was just nodding because absolutely as a student who has experienced my own student loan debt and all of that, that we wanted a lot to partner with the School of Social Work when we were undergrads. And uh, I say we, I mean a couple of students who were in my cohort when we went on to Athens in the School of Social Work. And we actually advocated pretty strongly to the dean at the time, um, Professor Chayette, and she um, really acknowledged that a lot of the students who come from the Griffin campus appear to be a lot more prepared than students who are coming from any other school, even Athens. And so um, it's really warms my heart to know that there is a double dog program in place now. So you have kind of, Abby, hung your own shingle, so to speak, in terms of social work. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, as opposed to working for a corporation, you, you're kind of an independent contractor. As, I am, yes. So now, now, how did that come about? And, you know, what made you decide, hey, maybe the company thing is not for me. Maybe I need to do my own thing where I can branch out into many different fields instead of, and this isn't really the right term, but to be pigeonholed into one specific field. You know, that is actually the fear that I had before choosing a grad school because I knew that I wanted to work with people but I didn't know exactly what that would be. And I knew that if I went into say counseling, then that would be my one field to go into. But social work is such a diverse field. Um, you could work with people as much as you want, or you could go into research, or you could work for a nonprofit. You know, there's so many ways that you can apply that degree. And 
it sounded very appealing to me at the time, not knowing exactly what I wanted to do to have that ability to apply what I learned at school in a variety of different fields. Okay, the, 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 the king of jobs has forced a decision upon you and said, okay, you can no longer be an independent contractor, and you have to pick one field in the social work medium. What would you pick if you had to make that decision right now, and why? Uh, that is such a tough question because I've loved I mean, would you go to the research side? Would you stay with the people side of things? I mean, as you say, it is, is incredibly diverse. So, I mean, there, there are no shortage of options. Absolutely, and ironically... I think that um, as of right now, doing what I'm doing, being a therapist, which I could have done with a counseling degree, <laughs> is really where my heart is. You know, I loved working in the school system. I loved working in hospice. But when you are having such a large caseload and to the point where maybe you can see your clients maybe once a month, for me... I wanted more. I wanted to be able to build a stronger rapport with my clients. I wanted to be able to spend more time with them and not just talking about the uncomfortable stuff, talking about the things that brings them joy, talking about goals and empowerment. Let me get my couch. So, <laughs> I brought business cards. Um, but yeah, so doing what I'm doing now, the opportunity to be a therapist and not all only be able to speak with people one-on-one -on -one, but to be able to help them achieve their own goals help them feel empowered to go out and achieve what they want to achieve you know that's really bringing me a lot of joy right now well not being a social worker i have to rely on evidence pre presented by others i have at least heard several instances where the burnout rate among social workers is is rather high pretty intense um, well yeah i mean could you explain why the, that turnover rate might when what leads to the burnout and what do you plan to do to prevent it from happening to you that's a great question and i think that you see such intense rates of burnout in fields that are full of a lot of givers so nurses teachers social workers folks who for lack of a better phrase and using kind of a cliche here have those bleeding hearts Right, so it's so easy when you're helping others to give too much of yourself or to give too much of your energy and not employ a lot of self-care or work-home boundaries. And so what I encourage any intern that I've worked with, any folks who come and ask me for advice, I would be advising them really to work on their own work boundaries and their own self-care skills. Um, and also, I would encourage them to find the colleagues that really encourage and support them. That if you feel supported, if you feel encouraged and empowered by your agency, then hold on to that. Uh, do we use professional careers? What types of careers, first of all, Ms. Faye, can, can and a student that gets their IDS degree, even if they stop there and don't go to graduate school, but if someone with an interdisciplinary studies degree, what types of fields have you seen UGA Griffin graduates go into? Psychology is a great background to go into a number of things. I've seen students go into working in human resources, uh, management, marketing, I think a marketing is particularly good. Uh, how did somebody describe it? It's uh, convincing people to buy things they don't need to impress people they don't like. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, as a psychologist, you should be really good at that. Um, and um, public relations, advertising. Um, it would seem to me yeah. that it would be an ideal degree for those who wanted to maybe pursue education as a career yeah. and, and enter the Georgia TAP program. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I've had a student who was very interested in going into school counseling, but then later changed their mind and wound up going into community counseling. I also had a student uh, many years ago, we had the same degree program at Gwinnett, and he landed a really good job with... Um, Gosh, I forget. It was one of the big insurance companies like Aflac or one of those. Um, and he was elated because he and his wife had just had a child and he realized that he was going to be making enough that she wouldn't have to work for a while and could 
stay home and be a stay-at-home mom, which is what they both wanted her to be able to do for a while. So when you hear things like that, it makes you feel really good. Now, Madeline, when you, you know, have discussions with prospective students and, you know, with the offerings that are available on the UGA Griffin campus, do they ever bring up the topic of well, what, what my future earnings might be? Does that come up? A lot of the time, yes. Again, I mean, I, I would think. Yeah, a lot of students are uh, concerned about that return on investment. Um, and one of the things that I like to say to students, um, I try to draw on my own experience in undergrad where I, I changed my major five times in undergrad. Um, I thought advising was going to come uh, up. Before you go one step <laughs> further, put a pin in that comment. Oh, yeah. What were the five changes? You and Miss Faye, there you go. Exactly. Um, So three of the four people in this room (laughs) did that. (laughs) Then I switched over to biology on a pre-med track. Um, I wanted to be a doctor. Um, And then I switched to geology. Um, Now that's quite a radical shift. Yeah, a lot of these were. The next one's pretty Some patients can be dumb as rocks, so there you go. Um, And then I switched over to business management, and then finally I landed on public relations. Um, Do you feel like you've made the right choice? I mean, you're still really young and have plenty of time to change course should you decide. But do you feel at this moment that that for Madeline Walsh, the public relations was the right avenue? No. Uh, (laughs) Okay. It was a terrible choice. Um, That's great. I worked in um, undergraduate admissions there for four years. And by the last half of my fourth year, I all of a sudden woke up one day and I was like, oh, my God. I should work in education. Um, And if I had a time machine, I don't know that I would go back and change what I did because what I did led me to where I am now. Um, But I am trying to rectify the mistake that I made in majoring in PR. Um, I really would like to go back to school um, and get my master's in education. Um, Maybe eventually one day get a PhD because Dr. Walsh, I think sounds kind of cool. yeah. Until I get married. Um, and then it'll be whatever. Um, Dr. Walsh hyphen something. Exactly. There you go. Um, but I think that, um, you know, education is where I'm meant to be. Um, but I think one of the things that that informs me of when I talk with students is I don't say, what do you want to major in? Um, because a lot of students don't really have, I don't want to say the right idea, but they don't necessarily know that you can do something like IDS Psych and still go on and do something. They hear interdisciplinary studies and they're like, I'm out. And then they hear psychology and they're like, I'm a little bit back in. So I think when you're able to kind of say, what do you want to do? And they say, oh, I want to be a social worker. Don't I need to go to a school where I can get, you know, a bachelor's of social work? And it's like, no, you can actually do a lot of programs and then continue on and do social work. I don't necessarily focus so much on earnings, but a lot of them, I find it's more of an issue with parents than students, um, where parents will be like, psychology doesn't pay well, and it's like, ah, it depends on what you do. Well, too, and I mean, speaking as a parent who has a child getting ready to go to college, uh, the psychology thing is a little bit worrisome because there are a finite number of jobs in the field. And if you truly intend to to make your living in that field, you know, jobs can be, particularly in certain avenues of the country, a little bit hard to come by. Oh, yeah. So, you know, is that something that you have to address to with the students? And you too, Faye, when they, you know, decide. Because, I mean, to me, from an outsider looking in, interdisciplinary studies sounds so much different, as Madeline was just alluding to, than psychology or sociology. So, you know, what, what, how do you define it for them so that they see that it is a much closer track to what it is they want to be doing than it may sound on the surface? I think one of the things I try to educate students about is that, your degree does not necessarily define where you wind up with a career. Now, if you want to be an accountant, yes, you need to major in accounting. If you want to be a nurse, you need to major in nursing. But there's so many careers out there that you can jump into without having a degree in that particular thing. So, for instance, if you want to work in public relations or you want to work in marketing or management or human resources, you don't have to have a degree in that. Actually, some of the most successful people I've seen in those fields are English majors 
history majors, psych majors, sociology majors. Um, and employers these days will, in so many cases, tell you, I don't really care what your degree is in. I'm looking for somebody that can learn, somebody who has good communication skills, somebody who works well with others, um, who has an under kind of a broad understanding of the world and, you know, can kind of figure out how to talk to any diverse population. So the specifics of what degree you get, you know, Madeline was saying she wanted to work in education and feels like she should have gotten a degree in education. I've been in education for 40 something years. I took a few education courses. I did not major in education, uh, I, but I was like you in that I changed my major about five times, political science, history. At one point it was going to be French. At one point it was going to be math. Okay, now what kind of job <laughs> do you think you're going to get in a, with a French major? I mean, and I was I, thinking I, about that, dude. I, but, <laughs> but, I mean, I do get what you're saying because, and it's particularly, and I think on the UGA Griffin campus, I think it's a little more unique than many other institutions yes. around the country in that many jobs these days require you to be able to work with people, particularly in small teams. And yes. that's something you certainly become accustomed to with the class sizes that, that are offered locally. Yes. I'll let Abby address that. Yeah, please do, Abby. Oh, absolutely. And if I can just take a second to sure. rewind to that comment that you made about uh, jobs being finite in the psychology field, I just really want to put out there for anyone who might be deterred by that, that we're living in a different time than we were even five years ago. I think it's due a lot in part to the pandemic, but mental health has never been valued by the community as a whole as it has been in the last couple of years it, it finally yeah. got its time in the spotlight absolutely and so if i could tell you how many prospective clients that call me and are so grateful just because i have an opening in my schedule because they're so burnt out trying to contact therapists that don't have any openings and so i'd say that it is a good time if mental health is something that's important to you um and if that's what you want to do with your life, I'd say that it's a, it's a good time right now. Okay, so you don't just get to walk into UGA Griffin. I mean, it's a two-year institution, so you have to have your associate's degree, 60 core hours that are transferable exclusively to UGA. So this does not mean just go accumulate the first 60 hours you can get because that's probably not going to work. But there are other—you had 2.8 GPA and uh, combined, and there are several other factors, you know— is that a tend to be an issue? I mean, it seems to me that if you are interested in the interdisciplinary studies program, that you are already probably going to be a pretty sharp student. And that's that's pretty much universal for UGA Griffin in my experience. Yes. That is the case. You know, what what types of, of advice do you have to give in between your initial meeting with a prospective student and the time they decide that UGA is the place for them? Well, if they're interested in the psychology concentration, I stress to them that they have to take intro. Holy statistics. smokes, there is a lizard in this studio. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, my That's God. God. And he's so cute. He's a visitor. I think he's oh. the gecko from Geico. That's the it's your insurance guy. No, not listen, mine. My mom's an insurance agent, a State Farm insurance agent, so that's the enemy right over there. Uh-oh. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, you know, the insurance, the guy who went into the yes. insurance field, he's yeah. crashed the program. Yeah, he crashed the program. Um, but, oh, gosh. oh, yes, I stress that Sorry. they have to take intro statistics. <laughs> they have to take the intro biology course with lab, and eventually they're going to need the second uh, biology course with lab. And then another thing I alert them to is that they are going to have to have foreign language. Some of them aren't happy to hear that, but most of them go, yeah, that's fine. Not worried about it. I can do three semesters of a foreign language. And then I stress to them that once they get here to UGA Griffin, they are going to be taking a course in research analysis and a course in research, well, research design first and then research analysis. And then the research analysis course, they're going to be doing a lot of hands-on and they will learn to use a statistical package. So if they do want to go into research or if they want to take a job even with a nonprofit and help that nonprofit figure out, you know, to do evaluations and assessments of their programs, they've got the skill set to do that. And to be honest, that kind of skill set is valued in the business world. 
Now, how early would you wish to speak to a student interested in interdisciplinary studies? Is it high school? Is it while they're earning their associate's degree? Or are you, you know, is it advisable for them to do it at a certain point? Or can you can you still wait to almost the last minute to, to you know, get into the program? I mean, UGA Griffin is no easy school to gain admission. Yeah. I have talked to a number of high school students. I often talk to students who are working on their associate's degree. And to be honest, the earlier in their associate's program, the better. Because if they're already close to the end and they haven't taken biology or they haven't taken statistics or they haven't taken any foreign language, I have to let them know, well, first of all, you're going to have to have statistics in the biology one with lab to get in. But the foreign language, if you don't have it done before you get here you are going to have to fill we're going to figure out a way to go kind of backtrack and fill that in yeah I did that and it was actually turned out to be pretty fun I partnered back up with Gordon and went to Barcelona for a month and got two of my classes in that way yes that was pretty fun Mm -hmm. (laughs) so okay now you know you we have mentioned you know sometimes parents will kind of uh, cast a side eye on your major choice Abby, what was your experience like with your parents? Were they pretty down with it, or was there, you know, some resistance and some barriers that had to be broken down? Oh, you you really uh, um, put put me in the hot seat because now we have to talk about my mother, and now I need my therapist. I'm just kidding. But um, so my mom is very outspoken, and she's so supportive, but she will tell you her thoughts on it. She is a State Farm agent, so she's a businesswoman. Right here in Griffin, Georgia. Right. Teresa Grubb State Farm. Yeah, she's a great agent. Um, but she, at every turn, you know, would challenge me, which is something that I thrive off of. And she wouldn't just challenge me. She would challenge the people in my circle, and so Miss Faye was one of them. <laughs> I remember the first time we ever met. My mom uh, walked up to Miss Faye and said, okay, now, um, will you pay my daughter to go to the school with scholarships and, you know, just put her immediately in the hot spot. (laughs) But um, my parents have always been very supportive. And actually, my mom is a good people person as well. And I think that um, she would be any interested... um, I don't think she would do anything over again, but I think she also recognizes in the insurance agency, the insurance field, that psychology majors are good fits. Now, your cohort, and, and as with all cohorts on the UGA Griffin campus, are, are somewhat small. Yes. So do, do you keep tabs? And, and you were all in interdisciplinary studies, correct, or, or close to it? Um Most of us were interdisciplinary studies. I did have a couple of friends who were... Um, looking for the biology degree, the oh, biological science. Yeah, biological sciences degree, um, and so. But we all got along really well, and I do still keep in touch with. Well, that's that's what I was hoping because to backtrack just a little bit of the students that you know of that were strictly IDS. Mm-hmm. What are they doing now? Getting back to the career options. I mean, you don't have to necessarily name names, but I'm sure you have an idea of what it is they're doing with their lives now. Absolutely, and they're all such great people. Um, fun fact, I actually learned about one of them uh, not too long ago. She moved to Columbia, and she's, uh, along with her other career, you know, she's a yoga instructor, so she's just living her best life. Um, but there are folks who I'm close to who they have gone on to work in nonprofits, um, some who go and work for community mental health programs, and we're all over the place. Well, so, I mean, that, that's, you know, Ms. Faye, and, and especially you, Madeline, does, does the fact that there are so many career opportunities for IDS, and this, this is true, as, as y'all have talked about, for every degree, but even more so for IDS. I mean, is, is this a, a particularly strong selling point that you can come here, you can get this, and you can kind of branch off into two fields that are of interest to a lot of people, either sociology or psychology, and then... You know, you have a, a wide array of options available to you. Do you, Madeline, use this as a selling point? Oh, yeah. It's very exciting to students, especially, you know, when they come in and they're like, oh, you know, I know that I want to do something, you know, maybe in mental health or maybe in social work or maybe in education. I don't quite know. And you can say, okay, you can do all three of those things. And you can do a lot of things in those three fields. 
that is definitely exciting. It opens up a lot of possibilities for students. Have you sat in on any of the classes, not just necessarily IDS, but have you just sat in just to see what the, the life of a student on campus is? I mean, I think that's a great idea. Yeah. I mean, you can't, you know, sell your product unless you know what your product is. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm currently in the process of applying for a master's in educational psychology, um, and I don't have a psych background. Um, my best friend and former roommate um, is actually a therapist, the best therapist I know. I'm sorry. That's okay. um, <laughs> I'm a little loyal. I'm a little biased here. Um, the best therapist I know um, but you didn't change best friends five times in college, did you? <laughs> I'm okay. kidding. Um, but, you know, we had sat down and I had, you know, described it um, to Aaron, my friend, and, you know, they had said, um, well, what do you know about psychology? And I was like, uh, you can help me. And they're like, um, to an extent, I can. I have a full-time job. So I kind of went back to the drawing board, um, and I actually ended up getting to sit into Dr. Buffington's class multiple times throughout the semester, took the tests, did the homework. So a de facto audit. Basically. Um, and it was an awesome experience. It really reaffirmed to me that, you know, I was kind of making that right choice and taking that path. Um, and it really does help me be able to represent things accurately to our students. And it's something that I want to do at least once a semester for every major we have on campus. Sit in on the class, get to know what they're talking about, get to see what they're doing, and put that out there to the students. Well, you have segued me into the reminder that I asked Abby to give about uh, doctors and pharmacology. And, you know, one of your roles when you were with Brightmore Hospice was knowing how certain medications interact with others. I wouldn't say it was my role, but it certainly didn't hurt. But point being, I know a lot of people in the medical field, a lot of them. And is it fair to say that doctors don't necessarily have the best handle on what, what medications interact with others quite the way that you might have in taken the pharmacology courses at UGA Griffin? Um, this is not me speaking about my own experience at Brightmore specifically because the physician there was fantastic. He's great, um, very knowledgeable. But I'd say in wider society, absolutely. Um, there are Dr. Uh, Dr. Buffington will say um, once you get about halfway through his course, um, congratulations, you've now as an undergrad had more training, more um, class time, with um, psychopharmacology than the nurse practitioner, average nurse practitioner does, or the average um, physician assistant, physician assistant does, and so um, yes, like there is something to be considered about that. Any regrets on your major? I mean, do you do you see an alternate field for you at some point in time? Absolutely not, because it comes back to what I say, like that I went into a undergrad degree that by definition is so broad interdisciplinary studies is so broad that it gives you so much exposure to all different sorts of fields and so I think that my time at the Griffin campus really helped shape what kind of professional I wanted to be and even though I didn't know exactly what that looked like I knew that I wanted to help as many folks as I could I was planning on going into counseling until at the Griffin count at the Griffin campus I um She's not, she's retired, but Dr. Elizabeth Watts Warren taught the sociology side of the IDS program, and her classes really had an impact on me and wanted and led me to the social work field. Now, how much, Madeline, do we sell the professors and the faculty and the research done on the UGA Griffin campus as a, as a lure, as an enticement to students? So they're a big selling point, um, and students get excited when they hear about the things that Dr. Buffington has done, that she continues to do, um, you know, and getting to learn more about the sense of community that they have on campus, um, the class sizes, that's exciting to them. Just hearing, this is what you can do, you'll take classes in this, uh, you know, 
give us the application fee and your transcript and maybe you'll get in. They like to hear specifically how students are getting there, what the professors are doing to keep them there, and how they're getting to the end of that undergraduate journey. Well, Ms. Faye, correct me if I'm wrong. You, you mentioned, I think that you said that the Interdisciplinary Studies program was introduced on the UGA Griffin campus in 2013. Yes. Is it a fairly stable number of participants on an annual basis, or is this an area that you're starting to see grow a little bit because there is a great deal of interest in the fields of psychology and sociology? Mm-hmm. And we do have um, transfer articulation agreements now with two institutions in the University System of Georgia uh, that will lead their students directly from their associate degrees into our Bachelor of Arts in Interdisciplinary Studies. And don't underestimate the seamlessness of that transition. Yes, and so those institutions are Georgia Highlands. Uh, The main campus, the biggest campus, is in Cartersville, and Madeline and I will be going up there um, later this semester to visit at least once, maybe more. And then we also have an agreement with Atlanta Metropolitan College, which is just up the road, not very far. And we're excited about both of those um, because I think because they're part of the University System of Georgia, all the courses will transfer. The students will be able to get their associate's degree there and then transfer seamlessly and very smoothly to our campus. And especially with Atlanta Metro, it would bring us the opportunity to have a more diverse student body uh, than we currently have. And that's pretty exciting, too. But Georgia Highlands will bring that as well because their students are more from, I guess you'd say, a rural area. This area is pretty rural, too. Um, And UGA actually does not have a lot of those students. Uh, I grew up in southwest Georgia. So Um, the the, the very definition of rural. Yes, and I know that there are not a lot of students who come to UGA particularly as freshmen. So we're excited about trying to draw more of those students into the university as well. Now, Madeline, do you remember offhand your first victory as a recruiter for UGA Griffin? Or have you had it yet? Or, yeah. <laughs> um, there have been... I mean, in seven months, I know you you have enticed people to, if not, you know, to look into the school and if those that looked into it, at least some have signed on. You know, can you, you know, like single out an experience that you had where, you know, you your discussions with this particular student led them to choose UGA Griffin? I don't know if it necessarily can be called a victory. It was more so my, like, light bulb moment. Um, you know, moving down here was a really hard, lonely experience <laughs> despite everyone's best efforts. And there were a lot of times where I kind of thought, is this really worth it? Um, And I went to a high school visit. Um, I was giving information to students and one girl came up to the table and she just kind of poured her heart out. You know, she was very Mm -hmm. concerned that she would not get admission to Athens. She had wanted to go to UGA all her life, but she didn't really want to go to Athens because it was too big, it was too crowded. There were too many people. She didn't want to do all those clubs. She just really wanted, and she didn't want to leave home. She didn't want to, um, you know, move so far away. So the polar opposite of you. So Exactly. She was really scared that she wouldn't get in, and she was just so upset. She was so concerned. She really said, I don't know what my life is going to be if I don't get into Athens. And I was like, well, you have a lot of options. And, you know, I told her a little bit about Griffin and what we can do for her. And I, you know, said, this can be a really viable option. Transfer is different than first year admission. It's not easier or harder. I will never say that to a student because it is a whole different beast. Um, But I let her know, you know, if you might have struggled in high school, you can turn that around in college. And that can be something that can happen for you. And she was so grateful. She was so excited. She took my information. And she would be about two years out from admission. But when I finished with that conversation, that was my, this is why we're doing this. It's not, you know, you know, it's not always the most rewarding thing. There are honestly not a lot of victories sometimes. Um, But it is very gratifying when you realize why you're doing what you're doing. 
Does your approach change when you're dealing with people who are already working towards their associates as opposed to, you know, discussing the, the prospects of UGA with high school students, particularly given that people who are already working towards their associates have a much better idea of what the college experience is where the high schoolers are still thinking, when's the kegger? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I think one of the biggest differences between an embarrassing difference but one of the biggest differences between when I'm talking to high school students and college students is when I talk to the high school students I use this voice now my phone voice um, my polite person voice when I talk to the college students I instantly spending four years on Long Island will change a person um, drop into the New York voice and I let them know you need to do this 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 if you don't do this you're not gonna get admitted we can't do anything about it but you have to start with these classes if you can't start with these classes, then you need to meet with Ms. Chapman right away. We need to handle it. We need to get this together. But do the college students respond to that sort of frankness? I mean, it's what they need, but is that something they respond well to? Absolutely. Um, the college students, I'm trying to say this in a polite way, um, which Melissa hates when I try to phrase things in a polite way. She says, just say them. So I'm just just, just it. put it out there. Yeah. Um, they already know what happens when you take a course you don't need to take, and that's that you waste your money and you waste mm -hmm. your time. High school students think that college is, you know, and maybe not every high school student, but a lot of high school students think that the money you put into college just isn't real. It doesn't exist to them. Well, yet. it's generally not theirs. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so they don't, you know, conceive of it as a realistic consequence. They think, oh, maybe I'll take a dance class and a French class, and I'll still end up at UGA. That's not necessarily always, I mean, you do need to take a French class, um, but it's not always- Socrally blue. <laughs> it's not always the most realistic approach to take, to just take whatever you want. Um, so when you try to come at them with that frankness, it's overwhelming to them and they get nervous. But when you come at the college students with the frankness, they understand that every single one of those courses you list, that's dollar signs. And every single course that you don't take, that's dollar signs. Well, and it's a it's a more direct path. Yes. And and to me that would be a plus. You know, don't don't send me on the winding course if I can take the straight road. Exactly. Now, Abby, I I did, I did this to you last time you were here, so I'm going to do it again. I mean, you know, no offense to Madeline, she's doing a great job as the <laughs> campus recruiter. But students identify better with other students. And, and, and granted, you know, Madeline has not been out of college very long. Are you saying I don't look like a student? You do. You very much do. <laughs> you look like you could pass for a high schooler. She I just did. took me for one this morning. But, you know, I did not. I asked, are you, do you work here? Are you a student? You know, I, I don't want to make assumptions because I've had the same treatment. Students will understand better from other students. Yes. So sell the IDS program. I mean, what were the biggest benefits now that you have a career of your own? What were the biggest benefits of being a part of the IDS, the Interdisciplinary Studies Program at UGA Griffin? No pressure. Got it. Okay. So we... Dr. Dean's listening. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Dean, you get all of the benefits of being an Athens student. You may not have that kind of community, but you certainly have access to I don't it. think you wanted to be on campus Monday night. That's just me. <laughs> <laughs> Go dogs. Um, but for those who are interested in football, you are also eligible for those football packages that students get, right? And so you can still put your name in the lot. Right, you still can get football tickets, yeah, so, just like you know, any other student. Yes, yeah, so you do have a lot of the same benefits that Athens students have. But if you are a person who wants a more um, close mentor relationship with your um, professors, someone who knows you, someone who challenges you and calls you out when you aren't performing up to your potential um who will help you who will do everything in their power to help you graduate to help you get to where you want to be um if you don't want to just be a number on a roster then the griffin campus is probably a good place for you um if you want to have a group of folks that you know well my largest class size at uh, the Griffin campus was seven students, but the average was three to five. Yeah, and so being able to really get to know your classmates and have that support group as you all are navigating college together, as you're all trying to figure out what it is you want to do, 
um, then the Griffin campus is a good spot for you. Well, I went to a giant college. Miss Faye went to a giant college, and, and we made a lot of acquaintances. Mm. You know, in your time at UGA, you made a lot of acquaintances, very few friends. Would you say that that's the opposite, being a, a graduate of UGA Griffin? You made far more friends and more of the unnecessary ancillary acquaintances? I have made deeper like maybe fewer acquaintances fewer you know surface level friends but i've made some soul deep friendships and connections with folks that that's that soul deep that's that's good word i good phrase to this day and i'm i am so excited to see them succeed and see them living the life that they talked about when we were students in a study room together you know it brings me so much joy to see them living the life that they want to live and it is something that if we need anything I know that I could reach out to some people who I went to school with and I know that I could get help if I needed it well Miss Faye I, I hope this is still on and, and you know I know it's good planning to come back because the pandemic you know problems are, are largely alleviated but do we still have the April event on the calendar and if so can you tell our listeners a little bit about what's on the docket Yes, indeedy. Um, in past years, we used to do a CJ Day conference in the fall and a Site Day conference in the spring, but we have decided to do one conference, and it will be in the spring, and our first one of this new blend or variety uh, will take place on Friday, April the 14th. That's right before tax day, people. The day before my wife's birthday, <laughs> which fortunately being on tax day, it's impossible for me to forget. Yeah. And uh, we have renamed it. It is Idea Symposium, and the I and the D stand for interdisciplinary. Get it? Clever. Clever. So the the idea is actually an acronym. Uh, so it's all caps, and it's interdisciplinary educational activity, and then symposium. So I guess you could call it ideas, but we decided maybe to have Idea Symposium was better. Um, and the topic this year is an important one. Um, it is suicide, which is a, a tough topic, but it's a topic of import and of, I think, urgency because we are seeing higher rates of suicide. Than in, ever. Yes, and in groups that I think historically we didn't think we would see them in, you know, things like people in rural communities, farmers. Uh, in particular. And younger people. And younger people. Um, so it's a very timely topic, and uh, the title of the conference is Suicide When the Pain of When the Fear living, of. When the, no, when the pain of living is greater than the fear of dying. Um, and we'll have some folks, you know, who um, have experienced suicide in their family we will have people from the community who can talk about resources and things of that sort so it'll kind of cover a, a wide range of things related to that topic will ids students from the uga griffin campus be participating they, as lecturers they will definitely be involved probably as presenters panelists moderators uh we will make sure that they and the ambassadors will be there as well yes, they will be greeters and welcomers and we'll have them working um, hard behind the scenes of course some of them are ideas i was going to say there's so some be involved dual role the other side yes so that's coming up in April. Will there be pre-registration required? Yes. And we'll we'll bring you that information here on the UGA Griffin Campus News and, and future broadcast as that date gets a little bit closer. Generally, I would recommend, and having been to the CJ Day, you better register about a month in advance to make sure you secure your spot. I mean, there's only a, there is a limited amount of space. The SLC is a big building, but still you can only cram so many folks in there, particularly in the lecture halls. Yep. So make your plans now. Ladies, any final thoughts before we wrap up this week's program? I kind of let time get away from us more than I intended. I can't think of anything. I'm just happy to be in the studio. It's been a while. It, it, it's been a minute. And I want to thank all three of you for being here today. Faye Chapman, the program director for the Franklin College of Arts and Sciences on the UGA Griffin campus, along with the Griffin campus recruiter, Madeline Walsh, looking dashing in the skirt. And I'm going to ask what that's made of when the program ends. <laughs> 
and Abby Grubbs has joined us as well. She's an alumna of the program and now working very successfully as a social worker, a little bit in the more in the Atlanta area. Though I do have a Griffin business license, and so if any folks want to have any kind of virtual sessions, they're welcome to. Well, we got a big couch right out there. We start right <laughs> away. And we want to thank you listeners for joining us on this week's installment of the UGA Griffin Campus. We hope you learned something about the Interdisciplinary Studies Program and join us next week when we're Bob Westerfield will be our guest. We'll talk a little gardening. That's 167 hours from right this very minute on the next installment of the UGA Griffin Campus News. Thanks for joining us for today's program of UGA Griffin Campus News. Thanks for joining us for today's program of UGA Griffin Campus News. Listen each Thursday morning at 9 for UGA Griffin Campus News on WKU AM 1450, 102.3 FM, and The Rock 88.9 FM and streamed live on the WKURadio.com website. Today's program was made possible by Frank and Carolyn Harris of Round Oak Resources Tree Farm and Murray and Company Realtors. <laughs>